0: Many theologians will go and say one, two, three, four, five days that happened. But the beginning that began before we could put the placement of time was before the construct of time. It's important that we relate and we understand that the God we serve and the God we, we love is so vast beyond our comprehension. He's from infinity to infinity. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the one in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. But before that, he made a plan for each and every one of us. One of the plans that he made for us is that he made sure that before the fall of man and the establishment, before the fall of man and creation, he established these foundations, these pillars, these structures, these settings. And on establishing these settings in our lives, he had a vision, he had a reason, and he had a purpose for mankind. Sometimes we look at mankind as this frail individual, but this is one of the most powerful creations in the world. In a fallen state without knowing Christ, it's still, they're still powerful. In a state of being in Christ, they're still powerful. That's why you worry about things like climate change and all this, you bring it into your into your context. Why? Because there is a creative ability in you, there is the power of God that is in you, there is the ownership that is in you. So I will read Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us in groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I just want to, there's a highlight there of yellow on the screen which says the will of God. I'm just laying a foundation here. The Bible, as we read it, is translated from different languages. Mainly, you've got the Hebrew in the Old Testament, and part of it in the Greek in the New Testament. But there's a word that has been introduced there that says the will of God. It's in italics. So when you read that, remember, this was added onto the script. But when the Word of God says that, it says, Because he maketh intercession according to God. Let's read it again, removing the italics. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to God. We'll go back, we'll we'll get to it. There's something good about that scripture. The next verse says, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. He is not there as well. Imagine, it's to purpose. He goes on also in verse 29, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, Moreover, who he predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for the reading of the Word of God. Because of time, I'm just going to go through this, try to pack this in, in a, as much as I can. Verse 26, which is the next slide, slide number three. Just to touch on the praying in the Spirit, by the Spirit. The word we've read says, ye who, wow. Well, when the Holy Spirit comes and takes over, when you pray in the Spirit of God, how many of us know that who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? So if the Holy Spirit is God, hold on to that thought. The word says now, I'll go back again to, to that scripture. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to God. What is making intercession? Making intercession is praying. So who makes intercession? God. Come on, come on, come on. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Who makes intercession? Who searches the heart? But who he searches whom who searches the heart goes back to that point and sits again and says, I am going to be praying to God. So what's happening when you're praying in the Spirit, my brother and sister, you are actually allowing God to get into a place where God is, play, is praying to God. God is talking to God. Because he's making it as Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God, right? So when we move from that realm of understanding and we say, God, our trust is in you, take over and run with us. God himself is talking to God on your behalf. It's like God is getting in a board meeting where he sits down and is deliberates. God to God about you. God to God about your life. God to God about your needs. God to God about your desires. Come on, come on. Do I have a church down here? This is God who is talking to God on your behalf. Just imagine all the things you go through and you wonder, How do I go through this? He says, you know what to pray, but you don't know also how to pray that which you need to pray. That's the interpretation. That's why there's a word ought. The reason being is we don't always know exactly what to pray pertaining to a situation. But he says, he takes over. That's why the gift of praying in tongues is so important in the church of Christ. No matter your understanding or not, that's why it's key, it's fundamental. It's fundamental because it gives birth to an opportunity where God prays to God. Man, you know, God, uh, Pastor has just mentioned what he he was speaking about last week about Jesus had to use the disciples that were there. Jesus had to use me and you. But when we step into a certain place, only then God can speak to God about certain situations in the earth. So if we don't take the step to get to where God wants us to be, nothing will happen. So we need to get to a point where we desire this, where we crave for this, where we say, God, use me. You're not just only saying things so that they satisfy you, but you're saying things because you are declaring the goodness of God. Oh, I'm running out of time. I've not even gotten into this. But God is good in this place. I don't know about you, but God is God and is good in this place. Oh, can somebody give a shout to the Lord this morning? He is God all by himself. Oh, verse 26 also says, The Holy Spirit will take hold of us in our frailty. He will get hold of us when we are weak. He will get hold of us when we don't know what to say. you will get hold of us when we don't know what to think. you will get hold of us when we don't know what to declare. And he comes in and he sits in the seat. He begins to drive and trust me what do you do when God speaks to God? I want to sit down and just love on God. Let him be God. Deal with things and I just start loving on him as he is being God. Talking to God who is running the minutes of the board and I'm saying oh God you are God in there. We need to love learn to move away from situations and allow God to step in and be God on our behalf. Mm. This is a good God. Uh, The next verse talks about verse 27 27 to verse 28. It actually talks about God is in all things. We normally call it because the scripture says uh, God does good things or all things work together for those that are in Christ. But the word that has been used from a Greek context in that word is actually the word fierce. And the way the word fierce structure comes in the construction of that sentence, it comes out as God is in all things. As God is in all things. He, because he's in all things all situations, all circumstances will line up because God is in all things. Can I get a witness there? Not because that things are bad but because God is in all things. There is an opportunity for each and every one of us to allow God to be birthed in every situation we go through. You might be going through the toughest time in your life don't think it's, it's the devil sometimes just realize that God is in all things. Allow God to be in all things. Stop looking at the devil, he doesn't, oh, the devil is a lion, so he's mama. I'm just telling you that you need to go back and say, God, you are in all things. Begin to place him where he is. Begin to allow him to be God on your behalf. When you allow God to be on, to come on your behalf, on your board, that's when he, things work together for you. Things work together because God is in it. Every situation is an opportunity for God to be birthed into your situation. So don't be like the, the women of Pharaoh. That, 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 would, that, that, that would release the babies before time. But be one who allows God to come in your circumstance, in your context, in your construct. Let God be the one who transforms. Let God be the one who changes. Let God be the one who comes in your circumstance. Let God be the one who touches your life. Can I get a witness somewhere up there? Come on, you... Wow, I haven't even gotten to my message. (laughs) I'll try to pack it in the next 15 minutes or so. It's important that we learn that the Word of God is the ultimate authority. Sometimes we want to transform the Word of God into good words, but the Word of God is so rich. Do you know, in the book of Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was, was born... There were shepherds that came in, there were angels that came in, there were hosts that came in, and they celebrated because of the good news of the Lord. When we preach the word of God, when we take the word of God on our feet, when we speak the life of God, there's celebration in heaven. That's why there's a saying that says, when one person gets born again, there is celebration rejoicing in the kingdom of God. It's because when you do that, you shift the focus on people, and you say, we commit to this. All creation yields to that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void. There was chaos over the deep. This chaos is is still there until God speaks. When God speaks, Life begins, and God speaks through you and by you. You are the agent that pushes away chaos in the world. One of these days, we're going to talk about the light of the world. You know, there are many things that we caught in a very interesting way. There's a song that says, this little light of mine. But God didn't say this little light of mine. He says, you are the light of the world. So as I am the light, so are you. Sound, nice, but bad words. It's not it. When it comes to the word of God, let's be passionate. Let's be, let's seat ourselves in the word of God. Let's read through the word of God. Do you know, the church is coming to a, an interesting state, an interesting stage in the things of God. One of the things that's beginning to happen in the body of Christ is God is building an army of individuals that are under a functional ecclesia. What God means, what is God doing? God is raising capable you and me. That under the ecclesia you are in, you start pumping, you start pushing, such that the purpose of God is achieved in your life. Gone are the days, the times where we sit and we just bask and we enjoy the word of God. God is requiring that we step away from just sitting into a place where we allow God to be God because we speak, we're the children of God. It's no longer an issue of having the pastors just speaking. No. It's a state where you need to create a pulpit where you create the presence of God in your life, where you create the touch of God in the world, where you create the transformation of God in the world. Man, I'm running out of time. I don't know what, But I'm telling you this. God is doing something right now. And God's desire for you to stand in your office is just not a mere desire. He has actually put some things in place, which we call the foundational structures. The first foundational structure comes back to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. The first pillar God established in your life is the pillar of foreknowledge. Someone says the pillar of foreknowledge. Foreknowledge. Oh, he foreknew me. (laughs) The word that is there is promiscuous. Oh, my, my, my. I'm, I'm excited about this. Let me tell you something. God knew you from the foundations of the world. God knew there was going to be Yankalang. God knew that there was going to be Abra. God knew that there was going to be an Abel. God knew that there was going to be Elias. But God knew that. And what he did, he knew you. The knowledge of God is not derived from your sin nature. Your knowledge of the knowledge that God has about your life is not derived from what you do every day. The knowledge of God is derived from the goodness of God. God looks at you from the perspective of his goodness. He sits down and he looks at you and says, oh, wow, this is my child. This is mine. This is my son, whom I've called to. Oh, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I want to preach this and finish this today. Knowing beforehand, before the foundations of the world, I'm not just going to read there, but I'm going to explain something. God framed us before creation. That's why you wonder you've got a unique echo. I still think that you know that they say that human beings are, we, we emit infrared. Do you know that you emit infrared? Do you know that? Oh, come on, church. We need to go back and study. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. How are inventions going to come if we don't study? Let's know ourselves. Let's put the work. We emit infrared, so it's a technology that if I beam in here, every one of you, there is a, 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 a light or, or a measure of heat that is produced on each and every body that you are sending. That's why you're warm, right? That's why you're 37 degrees. Simple words, right? Did you get it? So, with that in mind, what I'm driving to is there is a unique signature I believe is hidden in every infrared. This is my theory. Possibly an invention for someone. Take it. Think about it. But God foreknew you. The word new is a deep word. In Jeremiah, it talks about he says, he says to your mom, I knew you before you were formed in, the, in your mother's womb. I yadda you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I'm, I'm excited there are babies in the womb somewhere and they are kicking right now because God knew them. As they knew them, as he knew them, they began. God has set a destiny. The moment they get born and they step into the region of what God has called them to, an echo bark is sent to the creator. That that one whom you knew, Lord, has been established. Someone, Or someone say, glory to God in this place. Oh, man, God is good in this place all by himself. God's knowing is not derived from your pain. God's knowledge of you is not derived from what you're going through. God's knowledge of you is not derived from your failures. God's knowledge is not derived from your weakness, but it's derived from his intrinsic nature, intrinsic nature of goodness, of his goodness. He looks at you from the eyes of goodness. Psalm chapter 119 verse 68, verse 68 says, Thou art good, and the word good is coming from a word tobu. Tobu is actually an interesting word because the word, there's some, there's some connotation there. If you work it out, some say it's the number nine, which represents the number of number six, which represents the number of men. God wants that. When God sees you, he sees completion in man. So the moment you get born again in Christ, the moment you get born again into the kingdom, this is a reality that comes in your life. The foreknowledge that God had, He prepared everything beforehand for your walk. He established all the foundations that you're able to navigate all the areas of life because He foreknew you. There is someone that says they they know you better. Some familiar spirits that whisper in your head that you are like blah blah. They don't know you. They are speculating. Who knows you is God. He knew you. And his intellect, you know, God loves loves his people so much. (laughs) Oh, mama. He says, we can actually say that there is a pillar of God's goodness in our lives. But the only way this pillar is going to be established further and to be founded further is when we realize it. My brothers and sisters, let's stop having things happening by accident in the kingdom. Let's start being intentional. We are co-laborers, which means that we co-create. COVID couldn't come under our watch without us knowing. Yes, you have the mind of God. Economic meltdown cannot come on our watch without, no, without us knowing. One of the challenges we're having in the Christian circles or in the body of Christ is we have not realized the systems that are designed for us. One of the things that we are not made for, we are not made for fear. We are not designed with fear. That's why Christ came in so that fear is washed away from us. The moment we agree with fear, we are actually transmuting ourselves into something else. The moment we say we don't have fear and we align with the word of God because of the knowledge he has, things begin to open up differently. The moment we deal with some of these things of our dependencies, God just comes in and takes over and establishes things. Next one. The pillar of predestination. If you are one of the theologians we have studied, you know this is a very controversial word among the Baptists and the Calvinists. Predestination. What does it mean? The word predestination comes from the word as a pro-riso. pro talks about the foundation that God established in a believer before creation. He, he did put a mark on us. He put a mark. It's like putting a peg. Um, The next slide actually helps us to visualize the concept better. Can we move to the next slide? Number eight. Ah, you can't see that. That lady by the corner there, you can't see that? That lady is holding a big stick. Those who have been in Africa, people who love cooking, you've got this thing where you either you, you crush your spices. Do you know what, what that's called? You crush your spices? Malta and pesto, right? Our African vision has got this wooden one, which is big, and a big log like this. So what you do now is when you're preparing a meal, you just go, rah, until the hands are sore. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the beauty about this concept is Whatever you do, wherever you lift this, the pistol lands in the mortar. Whatever you do, wherever you go, God has designed a pillar that he has rounded himself like a mortar. Whatever you do, He let you land in there. My brother, my sister, you might have fallen away from the wayside, but whatever you do when you have received Jesus Christ, he says you will land in the goodness of God. You will land in the kindness of God. You will land in the mercies of God. You are established and rounded in the foundations of God. So wherever you are, wherever you left, go does not begin again but you need to come back and take over from where you left it's it's about ministry come back and take over come back and walk from there if it's what God has called in your life, come back and walk from there. It, isn't it funny that you know one of the things that we do, we we declare the good news when we go out and minister to unbelievers. When a Christian makes a mess in the house of the Lord, we condemn them like something else. But let me tell you something: God does not do things the way you do. God is not a God of anger. God is not a God of that. Let me tell you something: My God, I serve is a God of love. The Bible says His. Messes endure forever. The word says endure forever. So, how long does this anger last? Someone said, Do this. Right. Lift all your hands. Let's all do it together. You've messed up. Don't do it again. That's the God you serve. You've gone back and taken that stuff which you have let go. Trust me, it doesn't change. It doesn't matter. Come back and start again. Come back and walk with him. Come back and jump the ship. Come back and be in God. Come back and believe in God. Come back and allow God to do it in your time. Oh, oh, I'm excited about myself. God is good in this house. Oh, (laughs) Come on. (laughs) One of the fundamental things that God did is God established himself as your foundation. But there's something very interesting about this scripture. Paul would write this scripture from a different perspective. He would write some words and say this, but he would get caught up in the heavenly place. It's like, I hide. And then he comes out again and he says, I'm talking about what was established before the foundations of the earth. That's what I'm referring to. Everybody. I'm encouraging you to go and study. It is in the same Bible we read. It's there. He would project certain things from a future point of view, and he says, "No, this is where we are. This is what God established, and this is a reality in your life." Wow. For before, so God, God looked at you. If you go back to that scripture, it says, "God looked at you." And he looked at the image of Jesus Christ. He looked at him and he says, before I knew you and I mocked you, I framed you such that when he looked at his son, that one day when you receive Christ, you will come to the full conformity. You will become to the same image of Christ one day as long as you don't don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. God has made it such that one day your image will conform to Him. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm excited about this God because He is so faithful. He has made a plan for each and every area in your life. He has established Himself as a foundation, rounded, guarded. I'm running out of time. (laughs) The next part on Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it says, 29 or 20 between 29 and 30 says ye <clears throat> called, which is the pillar of calling. You can move to the next one. The pillar of calling. So the word the pillar of calling talks about putting a mark. Putting a mark in the in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, the word is kara. In, in the Greek is kaleo, it means the same to put a mark. In another African language, it's called Ikara. What it meant to say Ikara is, you have got a cave, you have, you have got someone who, who uses wood or stone make or something, They would literally cave and put a mark, put a mark on something. God put a mark on you. God has put his DNA on you. Your DNA, in your DNA, somewhere, somewhere, God has made a plan that the day you step in and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life, the voice of God that resonates upon your DNA just comes up and you are in the place of your calling, in the place of your sitting, in your place of your salvation, in the place of your, oh, of your wisdom, because you are called by God, whom He called. It actually says, whom he predestined, he called. There is nothing that can take away what God has put in your life. If you believe it, trust me, it's the devil. He's a liar and so is his mama. (laughs) He's a liar. Wow. I don't know how to preach again. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's give God, let's give God the glory. He's good in this place. So the idea of calling means that when you stand into a certain place, you have a response to God's call. When you stand up and say, Lord Jesus, I accept you. I line up with you. The stars in the heavens, the consolations, brighten. That's how powerful you are. You are not just a nobody who is going nowhere. You are a somebody with the DNA of God, the Father, the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Out of you, there is a DNA that springs forth ideas that have never been seen. Sometimes some of you see imagination and you see shapes that mix up like this. God has put that ability in you to create things. God has put that ability in you to bring forth life where there is chaos. God has put that ability in you to bring up completion where there is death. He is God all by himself. The next pillar is the pillar of justification. Whom he predestined, he justified. Justification talks about (laughs) just as if you have not sinned. God treats you like you have not sinned. God looks at you and says, come on. You have not sinned because he had made a plan already. So sin should not be the reason why you are not serving the Lord. Sin should not be the reason why you are not even taking communion. It's the blood that washes away sin. So what do you mean when you say, when you stand in a place that I'm not going to take communion, I'm not going to take this because I'm in sin? No, your sin is not greater than the plan God has made. Your sin is no greater than anything, but God has put it in your life that in that day you shall conform because He is justified. There's one interesting word when you read the book of Judges chapter 6 where uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to to Gideon, in that context, it says, and the spirit of the Lord clothed himself, and the spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon, there is a clothing upon your life because of the Lord's righteousness. God has imputed his righteousness. When God looks at you, he sees the righteousness that Jesus Christ had. That's why the scripture goes back and says, he looked at the image of his son. He looked at you and he justified you. So when God looks at you, he's not looking like the way we look at things when we mess up when things don't work in our lives. He's looking at us from a perspective of him being God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Go and read Psalms 148, verse 1. Praise ye, O heavens. Praise ye, O heavens. Praise ye, O people. Praise ye, O animals. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Yahweh. I am being intentional. I am seeding a desire to look at what the word of God says about you go and read it for yourself go back and look into the word of god and see what god sees when he sees you he made a plan how many pillars did we do four okay i hope it's not the powerpoint that's uh <laughs> oh. colossians chapter 1 verse 10 11 and 14 this is this is an interesting Portion of Scripture. Let's let's just, just let's just let's just read that because sometimes we, we we assume that we are we are all we're all going to read. Let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Colossians chapter one, verse fifteen. I'll read. This is this is this is a very oh, yeah supremacy of Christ. He is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son everything was created, both in the heavenly realms and on earth. All that is seen in all that is unseen. Every seat of the power, of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it was all created through him for his purpose. He existed before anything was made and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn, of, uh, firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, the holding, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ and the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back in himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. It's the word. That's what it's saying about you. The innocence has been restored upon your life. Let me finish up. Last pillar, whom he justified, he glorified. <laughs> you are glorified. I know you've heard that, don't touch the glory of the Lord. Yes, we hear that. But God says here, He glorified. Yeah, it challenges your theology. That's what church is supposed to do. Remember when you go to the book of Revelations, the elders would go back, cast their throne on the ground, and say again, You're holy. But what they would do is they'll transfer back the glory. So, what can you give God if you don't have that glory? Come on, come on, come on, think about it. What can you give God if you don't have that glory? That's why you need to realize that the glory is meant for your protection. The glory is meant for your covering. The glory is meant to be a doom around you, a protection, a shield. Some of you get in some places where you wonder, someone was stabbed, this happened. But when the glory of the Lord is around you, when the protection of the Lord is around you, something happens. When you get into a time of prayer, when you get into a time of dealing with something, some, 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 are, some are starting to walk their walk where God wants them to go to certain places. But cover yourself in the glory. Cover yourself in the presence of the Lord. Cover yourself in the name of God. In the name of Yeshua. Cover yourself in the name of the Lord. Be in the name of the Lord. Do you know when you pray and you say in the name of Jesus, you're actually using the same one which is called Karatumak. When you are marking the name of the Lord around you, you are defining a space around you. And because of that space, and I've got authority to operate from the perception of the kingdom of God. From the heavenly area, I'm able to transmit life into each and every area. Because God is good. Hallelujah. Uh, can I get a witness here? God is good in this place. Whoa. Ultimately, out of these pillars, he has established in a believer. He has, he has sealed them with the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus Christ. When a seal is made by the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing can break it. For you to undo the seal, you need greater blood. (laughs) Come on, come on. It's good to have fun in the presence of the Lord. Come on, the word of God is so good. Let's have fun. Come on, let's stand up on our feet and just have fun.